0: I want to call to your attention the second chapter of Luke's Gospel, which is perhaps the most familiar of the Christmas narratives that are found for us in the Bible. It gives us the most detail, uh, you might say. And I want to read it for you, Uh, not all of it, but some of it for you. And again, I believe you'll find it to be very familiar. The Bible says in Luke chapter 2 and verse number 1, and it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus, that all the world should be taxed, and this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea under the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Two separate occasions in this particular text, we find the Bible emphasizes that on the night in which Jesus was born, his mother wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. Later that night, the angels came and appeared before the shepherds, and they told them about the birth of this child, and they said, here's how how you know you found him when you see the one who is wrapped in swaddling clothes. That's the one. That's the one that we're telling you about here on this particular night. When a Hebrew child was born, it was customary to wash the child in water. They would then rub him or her in salt, and then they would wrap them in swaddling clothes. The uh, the idea of swaddling clothes are bands or blankets that confine the limbs closely. The word swaddle means to bind tight with clothes. By wrapping their children in swaddling bands or swaddling clothes, they were, they were kept warm and secure. You know, this really isn't all that unfamiliar to us. We, we still sort of do this today. We wrap our little ones. When our children were young, I, I think my wife had perfected the craft of swaddling our children. Somebody taught her how to do it, and it was a game changer for our family. And she would wrap them real tight, not so tight if they couldn't breathe or do what they needed to do, but tight enough they couldn't wiggle out of it and they couldn't squirm. And oh, every once in a while, maybe on a certain night, she would hear the child crying and, and, uh, and she would try to wake me up and I would act as if I wasn't wasn't was still asleep and and she would get the clue and she would do what only she could do she would creep into the room and she'd pull the baby out of the crib and she would fold the blanket in just such a way and she would she would tuck that blanket underneath the child and she would wrap our children in swaddling clothes and that was often what was needed to make our children comfortable to make them warm and secure you know i think to myself of what we do this time of year it's um it's a special time, isn't it? The Christmas season. Most of us were here because this is a Christmas event. And we're looking for things like this to do this time of year. We love the time with loved ones. We we enjoy the beautiful Christmas music and the decorations um and, and we also enjoy we also enjoy the giving and receiving of gifts. You know, there's just such a mystery about what could possibly be underneath that wrapped paper. You've, you've seen this scene no doubt play out in your home just as it's played out in mine. A boy or a girl, they see their gift. It's got their name on it. And they, they, they hold it tight on their lap. And, and uh, maybe there, you know, there's two kinds of families in this world, right? The, the one family does things in a very organized manner. And then the other kind of family, it's just mass chaos. Ready, ready, set, go. And the wrapping paper goes flying everywhere. But if you're in a family where, where it's not organized chaos, but it's, uh, it's orderly and we go one at a time, the, the child perhaps will hold that present and they'll begin to rip off the wrapping paper and someone in the room will shout out this question, what is it? And the child holding that present or maybe even the adult will shout out, if it's a child, it's a new football. If it's a little girl, it's a new doll. Or if it's an adult, it's a new sweater or shirt or whatever else it is that we might need. Usually, the recipient of the gift then shows much joy and excitement over what they've received. The giver displays an equal amount of joy because, as the Bible says, as Jesus himself said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Thanks is offered from the recipient to the giver and the moment is complete. For a few moments tonight, I want us to consider the wrapped gift that lay in that manger more than 2,000 years ago. As we walk into that little sleepy town of Bethlehem, perhaps we're the shepherds, and we, we step into that manger... The angels have told us, you'll, you'll find the child. He'll be wrapped in swaddling clothes. And so that's the identifier. That's how we know this is, this is the one. He's the only one in the whole vicinity that is wrapped in swaddling clothes. As we begin to gaze upon him, somebody, somebody might ask the question in the manger that night, what is it? And the answer might have been, it's a beautiful, precious little baby boy. And that would have been right, but that's not the full story, is it? Someone else might have, been shouted, might have shouted, it's a son for Joseph and Mary. And that's correct, but it's not the full story. In fact, if we'll consider what the angels told to the shepherds that night, we'll know exactly what it is that it was wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in that manger that night. So what is it? What is it? Come with me. Let's gaze upon this child wrapped in swaddling clothes. And let's understand, he's more than just a beautiful baby boy. He's more than just a son for Joseph and Mary. No, he's much more than this. What is it wrapped in swaddling clothes? Number one. Number one. Here it is. It's found in verse number 10. What is it wrapped in swaddling clothes? Number one. It's good news for all people. The Bible says in verse number 10, And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Well, you think to yourself of how desperately they were in need of good news at this point in time in world history. You see at this time the nation of Israel was really not a nation anymore. They were under Roman captivity. They did not have uh, their own freedom, their own sovereignty. And uh, and those who lived within the nation not only did they have Rome as their governmental leader, but they have the Jewish Sanhedrin or the Pharisees as their spiritual leaders and Jesus in his earthly ministry didn't have a whole lot of positive things to say about them. Life was really really hard. It's challenging. This point in time, it had been 400 or so years since the last time God had communicated a message to mankind. So the nation of Israel, they lie in bondage. Both governmentally and spiritually, God has not spoken to them in 400 years. And all of a sudden, on this night, the angels appear in the sky and they tell the shepherds, Hey, listen, we've got good news for you. And not just for you, but this is good tidings of great joy for all people, for all of us. Think to yourself about the shepherds. Shepherds spent more time with sheep than they did with humans, they were lonely. They were poor, and oftentimes they smelled more like sheep than they did like human beings because that's the crowd they ran with. That's what they did. But one day, but one day the angels appeared and told them, hey, this is not just good news for the wealthy class. This isn't just good news for the ruling class. This isn't just good news for the educated class. This isn't just good news for the intellectual. No, this is good news, good tidings of great joy for every man, every woman, every boy, and every girl. And the same is still true today. What is it wrapped in swaddling clothes? What is it? What is it in that, in that gift as you're unwrapping it? As it's being exposed, what is it? And the answer is, it is good news for all people. It's not just good news for all people. Now, there's a, there's a second thing that the angels told the shepherds that it was. Not just good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people, but number two, what is it? What is it? It's a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. A Savior, which is Christ the Lord. The Bible says in verse number 11, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord the Lord. Now God created man, according to the Bible in Genesis chapter one. God gave man some basic ground rules in Genesis chapter two about living in the world that God created happily and successfully. As I was thinking earlier this week and preparing for this night, I thought to myself, how could I illustrate this? And the best illustration I could come up with was of a teacher on the first day of school. Welcome students to my classroom. Look around, get familiar, get comfortable with where things are. Oh, and let me also show you right over here on the blackboard, here are some rules for my classroom. And, if, and, and boys and girls, if you'll obey these rules, if you'll abide by these rules, we're going to have a wonderful year. However, however, if you disregard these rules, if you disobey these rules, you and I, we're going to have some problems. And here's how we're going to deal with them. The teacher could lay out what the consequences might be. In some respects, God said to Adam there on the first days that he was in that garden, welcome, welcome to my world. Welcome to this beautiful garden that I've created for you. Oh, and can I just tell you, if you want to enjoy your time here, there's not a list of rules. There's not a list of things that you have to do. No, God said, said to Adam, he says, there's just one thing that I require of you. The Bible tells us what that one thing is in Genesis chapter number two. The Bible says that the Lord God commanded the man saying of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. Certainly, certainly you know where this is going, right? You you know where this is going. The one thing, why is it the one thing that we're not allowed to do is the one thing we feel like we have to do. I mean, that's just sort of born in us, right? Right? You, you tell, you tell someone, don't, don't open that door. Whatever you do, don't open that door. And you know, just as sure as I'm standing here, the moment you turn your back, somebody's opening that door. Essentially, that's what, what happened. God said, God said, listen, I've, I've provided all of these trees for you to eat, except for one. That one right there. That's the one that you're not allowed to eat. And God said, in the day that you eat thereof, you're surely gonna die. Well, again, you know where this is going. Genesis chapter number three, the Bible says that they were beguiled, they were deceived by the serpent, and Adam and Eve both took of the fruit of that tree, and they took a big bite out of that tree. And we would say, well, that really stinks for them. Because God promised in the day that they'd eat eat of that, they would surely die. Can I help you with something tonight? Didn't just stink for them. Stinks for us too. It didn't just have consequences on Adam and Eve in that garden. No, listen, here's what it did. It put a curse upon this entire world. And that same sin nature that dwelt in them, that was born in them that day, was passed on to their sons and to their children, who passed it on to their children, who passed it on to their children, who passed it on to us who are still alive today. So that, listen, listen, in all of us, in all of us, is a sin nature the Bible's clear. And here's the problem. The Bible says that as by one man, sin entered into the world, according to Romans 5.12. And death by sin, and so death passed upon just Adam and Eve. You're looking at it, it doesn't say that. No, death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. A church this size, I spent a lot of time in hospitals, I spent a lot of time in hospice facilities. I wish it weren't so, but I spent a lot of time in funeral homes. Why? Because that's the world we live in. It's a world that is cursed by sin. You know as well as I do that every one of us have an appointment. We have a date in which we're going to die. You say, why? Because wherefore is by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. You say, well, is that the only place it says that's not the only place. The Bible says in Romans 5, in verse number 18, therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Listen, I, I, I was born under condemnation, and so were you. In the very next verse, the Bible says in Romans 5, 19, for as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. Adam's sin in the garden turned God's paradise into a sad, sick, and dying world. And since every last one of us in this Room tonight, are Adam's descendants. We not only got a nose like he had, and two eyes like he had, and two hands, and two arms, and two legs like Adam had, but we also inherited his sin nature as well. Every last one of us. I tell you, this isn't just unfortunate. This isn't just a bummer. That's a shame. This is deadly. It's deadly. We're all born living under the curse of sin as sinners, and the Bible is clear that the penalty or the payment for our sin, it hasn't changed since Genesis 2 and verse number 17. No, you see the verse on the screen, for the wages of sin is death. That's the penalty. That's the payment for your sins and for mine. The Bible tells us that we're sinners, and because we are all in the same condition, listen, it is not possible for me to save you. It is not possible for you to save me. I can't even save myself, much less save any one of you in here tonight. No, it required, listen, it required a Savior, a personal Savior. That's why the angels told the shepherds that night, unto you is born this day. In the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Hey, listen, this Savior, this savior wasn't just for the shepherds. No, remember, this is good tidings of great joy for all people. Listen, that Savior came not just for those shepherds, That Savior came not just for those that were living in the world at that point in time. That Savior came for all people. What is it? What is it? Good news for every man. What is it? A Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Lastly and finally, what is it? What is it dwelling in that manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes? As we begin to unwrap it, what is it? The angels told the shepherd, here's what it is. It's peace, goodwill toward men. Peace, goodwill toward men. The angels concluded this announcement by telling the shepherds that this gift wrapped in swaddling clothes was meant, listen, was sent by God to promote peace on earth and goodwill toward men. Here's what I want you to understand. Listen, this world that you and I are living in, the vast majority of people in this world have rejected God's gift of eternal life through his son, Jesus Christ. They've rejected it. And we can, we can shout all day long, and we'll hear it a lot this time of year. Peace on earth! And I just want you to know something. There will be no peace on earth. There will be no peace in your home. There will be no peace in your marriage. There will be no peace in your life until, until you receive that gift that was wrapped in swaddling clothes. That's what God said. God said, this is what it is. You're asking, what is it? What's wrapped in swaddling clothes? It's peace. Peace from God. Many, many years ago, I understood that I was a sinner. I was convicted of my sin, and I humbled myself, and I repented of that sin, and I placed my faith and my trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And in that moment, as just a young man, 11 years old, the Lord Jesus Christ came into my heart, and he saved me, and he gave me eternal life, but he gave me even more than that. He gave me peace for this life, too. See, I pillow my head every single night, and I don't worry what happens. I don't worry what happens in the middle of the night. If God were to take me home, that's quite all right because I know where I'm going. I get in my car and I hop on the freeway and I drive, and I do, I try to drive as safely as I can, but you know, I don't, I don't stress about it, I don't worry about it. I'll get in an airplane. I got an airplane a few, a, few, a few months ago. I sat down next to a lady. I had one of our staff guys with me. I'm glad he was. You'll hear the story. You'll know why I was glad he was there. She looked at me. She was probably in her 50s, and she said, she said, hey, what's your name? I said, well, my name's, my name's Peter. And she said, Peter, she said, I normally travel with my husband. He's not here. And she said, I, I get real nervous when I fly. Would you mind if maybe I just held on to your arm just a little bit while, we, while we're on this trip? And I'm looking at her. I'm looking at my guy sitting next to me, and I'm like, bro, this is, <laughs> you're going to vouch for me here, all right? I'm like, sure, whatever, if that's, if that's what it takes to get us through this flight. I, I, don't, I, don't, know. I don't know all that was going through her mind. She said, I might even even close my eyes and put my my forehead on your shoulder. Is that okay? And I'm like, whatever, just, you know. Not much I can do about it now. I'm sitting right next to you, aren't I?" I? Again, I don't know all that was going through her mind at that point in time, but I get on an airplane and I'm not stressing about it. Buckle the seat belt and close my eyes, try to get some sleep, put my earbuds in, listen to something, watch something, whatever the case might be. Why, why? Because I have peace. I have peace. I'm not worried about it. Some of you are stressing out. What's going to happen in 2024? I have no, I have no, I have no idea. I can't tell you what's going to happen in 2024. But I do know this: no matter what happens, I know my Savior lives, and I know because He lives. Jesus told Jesus told Martha there when He came to heal Lazarus, or when He came to raise Lazarus from the dead. He said, "Whosoever liveth and believeth in Me shall never die." Well, what a way to live with peace. But God said, I, I, this is not just peace, but this is good will toward men. In other words, this, this, this child wrapped in swaddling clothes, what is it? Here's what it is. It's a picture. It's a picture of just how much God loves you. It's his good will toward you. Isn't that amazing? The God of heaven, the eternal God, is thinking about you. He's thinking about me. And he sent Listen, and he sent us a gift. And as we unwrap it, we might ask the question, What is it? And now we have our answer. It's good news for all people. Doesn't matter what color you are, doesn't matter where you were born, doesn't matter where you live tonight. Doesn't matter what you do for a living or perhaps the fact that you don't have a job. Doesn't matter whether you've been divorced or whether your dad or mom has walked out on you. None of that matters. Listen, what is it in that manger? It's good news for all people. What is it in that manger? It's a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. It's a Savior for us. It's a Savior. What is it? It's peace and goodwill toward men. Father, we thank you We thank you for this gift. We've unwrapped it tonight. Someone asked the question, what is it? And you gave us the answer in your word. It's good news for all people. It's a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Oh, how this world needs a Savior. It's peace, goodwill toward men. And we thank you from the bottom of our hearts for this gift that was given. In Christ's name we pray, and we adore you, and we thank you. Amen.